This week's episode is brought to you by River Company Outfitters. For a 20% discount, please enter R1, R2 at checkout through April 4th. And now for this week's episode. Hey, welcome to My Favorite River with River Company Outfitters. Today we have a special guest, Marty Parishan. He is the owner of Outdoor New England in Franklin, New Hampshire. They sell all kinds of outdoor gear and they can outfit you for any adventure as well as training for those adventures. And they can take you out on the boat and if, if you just want to go out for the day. Um, but he's also uh, one of the people leading the charge to have a whitewater park built in Franklin. And it's been a pretty long process, but we, we're excited to learn more about it and what drove him into this passion pro- project. So thanks for being on, Marty. Uh, thanks for having me. So uh, I know we kind of talked before, but the yeah. weather's kind of starting to warm up there. It's not not completely spring, but it's it's starting to get up there. Uh, yeah, for the most part, uh, most of our snow is gone, which uh, isn't great for the rivers. the The snow melt this year's been kind of kind of wonky, um, but we're still waiting on the the White Mountains here to to warm up and send all that. Uh, down into the creeks and go creaking. Uh, some people got out this weekend. There was a bunch of rain, uh, so I think we're we're kind of seeing the start of it right now, which will be good. Yeah, there's people uh, down here in the south. Well, I don't think about snow melt, but uh, I know a lot of people in the whole country, the rest of the country do. Uh, uh, it's just pouring rain down here every day, so it's everyone's just creaking anyways. Uh, right. If if I could have done it different, man, I, I would have went down south earlier and I'd still be there. Um, but yeah, up here, unfortunately, last year wasn't like a great water year. We were in a drought. And then we had a few big storms, snowstorms this year. And so everyone thought the snow melt was going to be good. But I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, we lost all of our snow here locally. And now we're just waiting for the mountains. So it's, it's a bummer, man. We're, we're, we're all, I don't care uh, who you are. We're all jealous of the Southeast and the amount of rain you get. Um, yeah. The uh, river I usually run, the Okoe, uh runs around 1400 on scheduled release days. Yeah. And I think Friday, Saturday was running about 14,000. Holy moly. Um, but that goes through downstream real fast. And, yeah. um, um, but yeah, so it's run pretty high, but, uh, yeah. so I wanted to kind of learn a little bit more about you and your, uh, river experience before we dive into all your projects you're in, uh, how long have you been in the whitewater world industry? How long have you been paddling? Um, so I, I guess I started paddling, uh, when I turned 16, uh, my, my dad took my sister, she was five years older than me. Um, he took my sister when she turned 16 and, and they like went out, they had a great time. She like chased a bear, got a bunch of photos of it's behind us. She was running through the woods and had this like epic adventure. And so I made him take me when I turned 16. Um, and we went up to the West branch of the Penobscot in the Northern woods of Maine, uh, great river runs almost year round, uh, dam controlled, um, and just like really big whitewater out there, bigger than what we kind of have here locally on, on a consistent basis. And we went on to flip four times that day. <laughs> my dad said, I am done with whitewater for the rest of my life. And I said, all right, well, I'm, I'm gonna start. And I begged him, 
I saw somebody uh, throwing ends when we were putting in and doing cartwheels. I didn't know what it was, but I knew I wanted to do it. And um, then I, I made them, I kept asking for a boat over and over. Uh, my first kayak was uh, in 2001. It was a Liquid Logic Pop. Uh, not a pretty hard boat to learn in. <laughs> Uh, but then I went to college and right away my first uh, summer as a after my freshman year, I guess, I became a raft guide in Western Mass on the Deerfield. Uh, and I've been involved in whitewater ever since. Awesome. They, uh, <laughs> that's a great way to start started with four flips. Uh, just it, was awesome. out of the way. <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome. Uh, not everybody in my boat thought it was awesome uh two people walked out that day uh they were not impressed uh, but I, I was having a good time <laughs> um you mentioned you got into guiding did you do uh multiple rivers over different summers or did you kind of stay up there in the northeast uh it was all in the northeast um it was all in the northeast i guided um they make everyone start on like a class two three run on the deerfield uh the fife brooks section um i did that um, and then went up to the harder section as fast as I could. I stayed with them full time, I think four summers. And then like every year we used to do a trip. We used to call it the Southern Tour. Uh, at the end of the season, like September, October timeframe, we'd go down south. Um, so I've paddled now. I mean, I've paddled like all over the country. Uh, did a few trips out to the Pacific Northwest, Colorado a couple times, Costa Rica, um, so it's, you know, it's similar to everybody else, you know, once you're in, you're in and, and you don't want to go to Cooperstown, uh, you want to go find that river and, and go boating. Uh, what, out of all those rivers you've been to, what would you consider your home river or the one that you've run the most? The one here, uh, so in, in Franklin, we have the Winnipesaukee River. Uh, it drains Lake Winnipesaukee, which is our, in, in the state of New Hampshire, it's the largest body of water. That's uh, 5.4 billion gallons of water. And so we have this river uh, that was pretty important in kind of the industrial age. It dropped 77 feet per mile over um, about a mile and a half. So relatively steep, um, but like not really big, you know, flow, uh, minimum flow is 250 CFS, high flow is like 2000. Um, that's like the highest really anyone sees it. There's been a few times where it's 22 or 24, but it's not often. And um, I started, I ran that in 2001, then like went away to college and did all that. And um, ever since after New England's been here in the Whitewater Park, nonprofits been here I mean I've run it thousands of times um, it's so easy it's it's literally like a 30 second walk to the takeout from the shop and then you get 10 rapids over a mile and a half I mean you can you can shuttle that yourself and be done in an hour you know and so if, if you need a, a quick run you can do that if you want to spend four hours out there on one run you can do that so that's by far my my uh my home river um, after that, you know, stuff, uh, I mean, I loved, uh, we try to go to West Virginia once a year, uh, Tennessee, North Carolina, um, down there and the stuff I did in the Pacific West, I mean, they're all different, but this is definitely my home. 
would you consider that your favorite river? And I know that's like a loaded question. Uh, like, that's tough. Yeah, that's because uh, there's, you know, multi-day trips and, you know, walk out and do it. And then there's rivers that have a special place in your heart. But uh, I know that's why I'm here to ask the tough questions. <laughs> uh, I have I have to say that that would be my favorite river. Um, you know, it's it's been there uh, on really, really bad days. It's been there on really great days. Um, it's the river, like there's a lot of things I've, I've uh, been a part of here in town and it's all because of the river, right? None of this would happen if it wasn't for that. Um, so I, I have to say that's, that's uh, where my heart is. Uh, but I mean, I like other rivers too. <laughs> yeah, I completely understand that. Um... Do you have any tips for anybody who is interested in getting in the sport? Um, maybe who's not out of, who's out of driving range of uh, New England outdoors and besides stopping by your shop. Um, do you have any tips for anybody who's, who wants to get in the sport, whether it's kayaking or rafting? Yeah. Um, I think like the most, the people like with the fastest learning, learning curves, I think they find like mentors, you know, uh, I didn't have one when I started, I got my first boat before I went to college. And so when you, when you have a boat and you have the gear, but you don't know anybody, it's, it's like kind of difficult to like learn how to roll. Right. And then, uh, I guess I didn't give him a phone. Um, but then if you are able to like make it in with a group, right. And meet three or four or five, five people, it becomes like really easy to always have a paddle partner. Um, I would like, I was in, I was in my, uh, my pop and I would run to like whitewater releases and like no one person, but like not be like someone they would look out for, like, just like kind of in passing knowing people. Uh, and so, man, I took, I took some lumps, swam a ton of rapids, uh, when I started, I, I really do think like, if you got a crew that's looking out for you, it's a lot easier to break into the sport. Um, cause it's a highly sociable sport, right? Like everybody wants to go out and paddle with their buds and have a beer after and hang out and, and figure out when you're doing it again. But if you're not in that click, it, it's pretty hard. And, and so I would, I would say find a mentor, find a friend, uh, and somebody who's better than you, who you trust, who can also look out for you. Uh, that'd be my best advice. Yeah. I think that's really good advice. I think that, you know, having somebody that's, you know, able to push it, but also, you know, able to know what you're, learn what your skill is and know where to take you and stuff like that. Um, right, right, right. How did you, how did you start? Like, was it something like that? Um, I started my first rafting trip. I was nine months old and, uh, <laughs> um, it was on my dad's boat down here in the Hawassi. So, um, my mentor has been my dad. That's um, awesome. And, uh, I got lucky and, you know, my like stepping it up a notch was like when I was old enough to go to the next river. And it was like, it was more of, I think when my mom was okay for me to go to the next river uh, than my dad, but uh, um, he's been a great mentor for me. He, you know, the deeper I dive into the sport, the more his old stories pop up, whether it's, you know, his trip to the golly about how like half his party didn't show up and it was before cell phones. So they just said like, screw it. We're going to run. We're going to run it anyways with two guys instead of uh, what was supposed to be four. Um, 
And, uh, but yeah, I, and I've tried to, my girlfriend's getting into the sport now. And so it's kind of a, a balance of what do I want to run and what, what, what should we run together? It's, it's, we're not on the same, the same field, but, uh, um, it's been awesome to try to show that to her and like kind of teach her stuff like that. But I'm also on the same side, like I'm meeting all these people through Instagram and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, if they're trying to run something that's the next level up for me and they seem like good boaters, then I'm happy to jump in and listen. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. I think that's, uh, that's important that you're that mentor, right. For her, that your dad was for you. Um, my, my dad tried to drown me. <laughs> so he was a better mentor. Yeah, I have stories where my mom was like, hey, if you keep falling out of the boat, you have to wait till you're older. And it was kind of like I fell out and it was like, all right, guys, we got to go again, because when I get home, I don't know if I'm going to be able to come back. Next weekend. So right. Right. Uh, no, I'm not going to let me. <laughs> um, but do you have a do you have a go to campfire? story when you're hanging out with some new people or uh, yep yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why, why is it that all boaters have a campfire story because you know it's it's something that once somebody t tells theirs you have to be like ready with yours yeah yeah right right uh mine was mine was bad um i had i had a real job and so i was weekend warrioring it um and i was meeting my like really tight paddling crew uh, we were at one point in my life every weekend we were driving somewhere far away and we were um you know car camping and the, the whole nine yards and so this time i invited a friend a friend who like did well and was like learning uh but but maybe missed some of the social cues of boating and so he got there later than everybody else. And we're all kind of tippy telling our stories. And he, he goes, uh, and he was green. I'm, I want to say that was his first year. And he goes, all right, guys, like, really, I don't know. Um, I don't know the answer to this question. When am I going to know if I need to pull my skirt and swim? And we all just like, look at each other. Like, that's not something you ask. <laughs> like you, you don't ask that question like if you don't know about river karma by now like just uh it's not something that's super hard to figure out and so all my like solid paddling friends they're looking at me like who brought this idiot and then he's like now tipsy telling everybody about you know how he hasn't swum or swam and so kind of gloating to the idea like, oh, I'm, I must be doing everything all right if I haven't swam by now. Dude, the next day he was stuck in a hole for two and a half minutes. Uh, some of it in his boat, some of it out of his boat. Uh, he never asked ever again uh, if he, uh, how to learn uh, when you need to swim uh, out of your kayak. It was brutal. Yeah, uh, River Karma can come and get you fast. <laughs> really fast uh mother nature doesn't like us as it is uh so when we give her reasons you know she beats us down yeah yeah it uh that a couple weekends ago i went out for opening weekend on the okoe and uh i looked at the guy and i was like hey i'd, I'd really like to have this like be a clean run because my my gear's not like i wasn't like 100 percent like i wasn't wearing a dry suit or anything like that yeah and then 
we swam at a rapid that I've never swam at. And I've been rafting for like, since I was seven on that river. So 20 years, I've never fell out of that rapid. <laughs> there was, it was a real quick swim, but it right. came and got me real fast. Yeah, that's, that's how it is. That's how it is. So to segue, you, you mentioned you had a, a real job. Um, when I, I read an article about everything that's going on up there, it, it seemed like you had a pretty good job. Um, and, you know, it was kind of more of on the white collar side of stuff. Yep. And, um, and then you started working on this passion uh, of New England Outfitters and the Whitewater Park. So could you just give us an overview on, on how you went from weekend, you know, yeah. warrior, driving everywhere to diving in head first? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so 2013, um, I worked for um, a DOD contractor. Um, and that year I traveled 200 days. Uh, for work. Um, I had a wife and two small kids at home. Uh, and like, I was just, you know, I kind of thought, you know, I was doing what everyone's supposed to do. I have, I have a good job. I get to travel. Um, it was starting to become a burden, right. Cause it was so much travel. Um, but I didn't really understand. Um, I, I like was only seeing what was right in front of me. Right. Like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what everybody has to do, right? They got to go make money and feed their family and do all that stuff. Um, well, it happened again in 2014. Um, and part of uh, only a small portion, I guess, of 2015. And, you know, by the end, like my whole life was different. Um, I wasn't seeing my family. Uh, that's not how I grew up. Like my parents were there for me all the time. Um, I wasn't being that person. Um, I wasn't there uh, for her, you know, and, and subsequently, you know, got a divorce and everything kind of changed. And so when all of that kind of started to happen, I took it upon myself to like figure out, well, like what in life uh, makes me the most happy and how do I do more of that with and, and like spend more time with my family? Um, and, and like, it always kind of came back around to, to boating, right? Like when I'm out on the water, like everything's great. You know, there's, it's, there's not a bad moment on the water. Like, um, the majority of them are, are fantastic. Um, and then you get to meet new people, get to go to new places. You get to share that with your kids, you get to go surfing. And I mean, I had always, uh, gone to other places, seen other features and in, in towns. And um, I was always like really, really jealous um, of some of the places out West that have these whitewater towns with a whitewater feature where, you know, you could get out of work at six o'clock and maybe the sun's going down at seven, but you could surf for an hour. Right. Uh, it, like it can, it's now this like super attainable, easy thing. It's right there. It's the same as a swing set, right? Like, who can't go to the park and go on the swing whenever yeah. they want. And so, um, so I, I just channeled all of that effort. Um, all I did a ton of research um, and I, I opened or founded outdoor new England um, at the time that occurred. I thought outdoor new England would be the whitewater park. I thought like the, like almost like USNWC, right? Like, oh, like maybe 
you can be, or NOC, right, in Gatlingburg, like the outpost, like you can be there right next to the surf wave and it's kind of synonymous with each other. Um, and, but like the flip side is like, no one's giving you a loan to go build a whitewater park. <laughs> like the return on investment um, is spread all over the town, right? Like you, it's not one of those projects, it's a nonprofit project. And so as soon as that was kind of realized, uh, we founded Mill City Park, uh, which is the Whitewater Park nonprofit. Um, like New Hampshire or New England, really we we're only represented by, prior to this, we were only represented by Zora Outdoor um, as far as like being able to buy a whitewater boat. There's only one company that serviced all of New England. So I thought that there was room in the marketplace um, for, for another company. And then now like outdoor New England is ground zero for the whitewater park. And so when we come to work, we come to work on both. That, that, that's, uh, that's, as I read it, it was, it seemed like, you know, you guys tried to take it on both, like both things head up, head on. And, and you kind of found out that, like you said, no one's going to give you a loan to, to build a whitewater park. Um, but as we've seen, like in other towns, it's, it's not just, you the business who does the whitewater that's affected it's you know the hotels and restaurants and everything else that that you know is affected by the people coming into the town uh and so i think that's that's really cool that you know you've kind of started its own thing um when did when did you what year did you start new england outfitters uh outdoor new england outdoor uh, new england sorry yeah, yeah. uh oh it's right here actually i always forget uh <laughs> So we opened uh, January 1st, 2017 was our first, like our grand opening. Okay. Uh, we were selling gear and stuff online um, for like six months prior to that. And so the space that we're in right now was a part of a, like a decrepit old mill building that was set to be demolished at one point. And then a local guy purchased the building uh, and we had to take 12,000 pounds of trash out of here. So like, I mean, pick a mill town, like everybody knows the mill town, right? And that's what Franklin is. It's just an old mill town with vacant buildings. Uh, we renovated our space and we opened, um, you know, in 2017. And is that kind of round when the project of the Whitewater Park started or was it a little bit early? It was like 2015, right? If I'm yeah, so, so um, both businesses kind of were... Uh, non-operational, but like, you know, names and things secured with the Secretary of State and all that in 2015. Uh, we had been working towards uh, the Whitewater Park, um, you know, ever since after New England picked a space, that's the same day the Whitewater Park came to town. Like, there's no way to, to separate the two. Both, um, like you said, both pursuits were, we kind of jumped into head on uh, a similar timeline. Awesome. Did, uh, can you describe kind of what the river looked like before you started um, this, this idea or what it looks like now and, and what it's going to kind of change? What, what exactly are you going to do to the river to add the features? Yeah, yeah. So um, AW has a great write-up for the lower Winnie. Um, and so it's the Winnipesaukee River, but we all call it the Winnie. 
Um, the lower section is the section that drops 77 feet per mile. Um, from the takeout, the takeout is the most uh, visible spot. That's a park that about 18,000 cars go past every day. Um, and so that'll be where the signature feature is right at the takeout. So real, real accessible. Um, and then we have a, a car bridge uh, and a trestle bridge in town. And so we're gonna build a uh, surfing feature between the two of those and another feature about a thousand feet up at the top of the last rapid. So for the most part, the last rapid is gonna stay exactly the same as it is now. It's just going to be kind of sandwiched with two whitewater features um, at the top of it and at the bottom, but then also one at the takeout. And it, right now, like we don't have anything like that here. Yeah. Uh, there's no whitewater parks in New England. Um, there's some play features. Um, the the best one, or not the best one, someone will get upset with that, right? But uh, one of the most accessible ones is um, T-Ville in Connecticut or Crack Pipe in Manchester. Um, there's a lot of like pockets, but none of them are like great. Uh, and this would be the first one that's going to be, you know, real solid. Um, and did are you guys reaching out um, or are you guys using one of the companies? I've seen a few of them that help design whitewater features. Yeah. Yep. So that was one of the smarter things uh, we did uh, was when like w there was a lot of projects. Let me, I guess, go back. There was a lot of projects up here that have been started. Like Skowhegan is, is really close to our timeline. Uh, Skowhegan, Maine, they're going to have a whitewater park at some point and they're working towards that now. But that project's like 10 years old. Uh, Willimantic, Connecticut uh, had one that faded. Uh, Presumpscot, Maine or Westbrook, Maine had one that faded. Uh, Manchester, uh, there's been some like thrown around in Vermont, but none have ever stuck. And so one of the things we needed to do right away is we knew that we needed somebody to work on it all the time to make it become a reality. Um, unfortunately, I drew that short straw. And then the smartest thing we did when we figured out how that we could, that the city was willing to have this partnership because, you know, your biggest grants, they don't go to nonprofits, you know, they go to municipalities. And so we knew that our city had to be behind this. And when they adopted the idea, um, we split uh, the design engineering team from the permitting engineering team. And so we hired uh, Mike Harvey of uh, REP, Recreation Engineering and Planning out of Salida, Colorado. That's uh, the company, I think it was founded by Gary Lacey. Um, and uh, when we hired him, we told him like flat out, um, you know, we're relying on you for, for your designing capability, all the parks you've done all around the country, um, but you've never permitted one here before. So like up here in New England, everybody's upset about something, right? Like uh, this isn't the most hospitable place in the country, uh, that's for sure. Um, and why have someone from Colorado telling, you know, Army Corps or our DES, our Department of Environmental Services or whoever, you know, what other places do? We need somebody 
who's going to join Mike in like this fight. And so we went with a, a local engineer, Pete Walker. Um, and he's, he's, you know, fantastic on the permitting side and that's made all of the difference, you know? So Mike is designing the whitewater features and Pete's doing all the permitting work. And that for us, that was the perfect balance, right? We have somebody who already has connections here in the state to get this thing to go through. Um, and then we have somebody who knows the deal on how these parks work. Um, and when Pete runs into trouble, you know, like Mike is a wealth of knowledge. Um, so it's been, it's been phenomenal to have the two of them. Uh, but like, I think that approach could work for others too, especially in like some state that, you know, when you say whitewater park, like when, when we started saying it here, everybody thought I was talking about six flags, you know, like that's not what we're talking about. Yeah, I, uh, there's actually a whitewater, like there's a Six Flags whitewater park, like <laughs> 20 minutes from my house. So that's, <laughs> I, I understand that. Um, um, which, so, so these two guys, you guys are helping you all out. Um, how long has the process been from like once that, you know, you've decided to hire these guys, have y'all started constructing those rapids yet or are they starting soon or no no not yet so um it's it's been a long process uh, i'll say that um i'm staring at the engineering drawing i think that drawing was finished in 2019 um yeah the end of 2019 was our final version of the drawings and so that was like the you know what are you building what does it look like you know, what, what's all your elevations, you know, we had to do a ton of survey work. Um, there was a lot like leading up to that. Um, so then we had our, our drawing package come out and then we have to go back to all the agencies and do a permit meeting. Uh, it took us a year, a little less than a year to get all of the agencies, um, get all of their feedback, incorporate it back into the plan, you know, where appropriate, and then uh, get the permits. And so we're, we're the, right now, we're the only project in New England that's ever received all their permits, and we're clear to build whenever we want. And so then, you know, you have this river that's has a hydrograph, right? And we have snow melt and stuff, we can't just go out and build whenever we want. So we chose the low water hydrograph. Um, so we'll be building the last feature. Um, and we'll start that on July 12th of, of this year. We've selected our contractor. Um, we're working through contract negotiations right now. All of that's going great. And, and, and yeah, we'll have hopefully our first feature, you know, will be done uh, by the beginning of September. That's awesome that you have, uh, you know, you're starting to see an endpoint after five to six year uh project that you've been working on i'm sure that's you know pretty awesome feeling it uh <laughs> yes yeah um it doesn't feel like five or six years right when you're in it like scratching and clawing and um it doesn't feel like any of this should take that long um but but it it for us it it did um the overall i think we've been a part of like $3 million of grant funding 
And so then you add like the grant cycles and um, all of that to it. It just, it just prolongs the process, right? We never had that, that person to like swoop into town to say, all right, build your white water park. Here's 5 million, you know, make it happen. Um, so, so a lot of it is, you know, the planning of the pieces and um, finally, yeah, man, they're, they're all coming together. Um, and it, like you said before, it's having an impact on everything. Uh, a new brewery is coming to town or is here. Another one is coming to town at the end of this summer. Uh, restaurants are popping up. And so for us in this community, we've never had anything like this uh, happen, you know, since the closure of the mills. It's been like 40 plus years of decay in our community um, with like no reason to exist. Um, but now like people are rallying around this idea and like the idea of uh, free kind of human powered wreck because we got a bunch of trails and stuff around here too. That was a super long winded yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 I understand that. <laughs> um, do you have any tips for anybody that, you know, is in Tennessee or in Indiana and they live in a mill town and they're like, in the same spot and they kind of want to start leading this charge before you even get to the designers and who you're hiring, like what's your, what, what's a tip or uh, you know, a good starting point kind of. I, I think you, you got to know your shit. Um, everybody's going to question you in a mill town. Uh, they, especially what we found was the people who've lived here the longest uh, they're the least likely to believe that it could succeed. Um, so you got to be able to, to convince them, but like not in a way that's confrontational, you know, kind of have the right people skills for that. Um, and you have to be able to convince um, the municipality that it's a good idea. Uh, the first, we did an economic impact study. I wrote an economic impact study. Never, I'd never written one before. Um, I wrote one and I sat down with the municipality right in the beginning and uh, there was a ton of people in the meeting and there was just me and one other person, you know, presenting this study. Uh, and the state of New Hampshire participated in the study saying if you build the Whitewater Park, 160,000 new people are coming to Franklin and they're going to spend seven million dollars uh, a year. And we pushed the report across, we started talking about it and then one of the people uh, in the room said, you know, Marty, this is a great idea, but like, you know, this isn't the place for an idea like this. Uh, you know, we're struggling. Um, we're an older community. We have quite a few people living below the poverty line. Like this isn't an amenity for our citizens, for our community. And he pushed the report right back at me and left the room. You know, a couple years later or a year later, you know, he's, he's now like a supporter of the project, right? So you got to be able to win those people over. You got to be able to point them to case studies and things, other places where it's worked. As, as kind of paddlers, we all know that it's a great idea and like somebody needs to do it. And like the more of them, they're not competing with each other. The more is better. And it's better for the kids to have these extra places to go out and play and that are free. Um, but not everybody's going to share that. And there'll be the first wave of people saying, hey, 
like this isn't this isn't for here yeah what i've learned is that if there's a wave that's good enough people will show up mm -hmm. um we i actually live in a mill, mill town um and it has this beautiful waterfall with a dam that people hike around so there's no way that like anybody they're not going to do anything with it because it's already doing kind of what the white water is doing people from atlanta come up and hike yep. and, and go around it but uh like we were talking about before the show when it rains a lot i went out there on friday and it has two waves and there was two kayakers out there on friday at noon just surfing in them and right. it's like they knew that like they knew if it if it uh rains more than you know an inch or two that victory creek turns into a surf hole and um so i completely agree like paddlers know that you know if the wave's good enough people will show up right right and, um add it to their list of places to go um right so but, like kind of to that the um the reports that we kind of modeled our park after showed that for every um two people in the wa water like eight people at least are coming to watch and like that number like the Catahoochee, like they're doing some economic impact stuff now and, and they're saying like for every person in the water like 20 people are coming to watch right and so like that's the economic piece of the project right uh is you might have those two people in the water but once your municipality takes like overship over this idea like hey we're a whitewater town now and we're going to start putting it on our branding and putting it on our signs and um and so those eighteen thousand cars that drive through they might not know what a whitewater kayaker looks like but they keep seeing it replayed everywhere like they're going to check it out and they're probably going to have a beer or lunch right and then like then the the machine starts churning um like us we want if i had my say uh, you know this town would be full of boaters right and then because of that you know the school system will get better yeah right? it's, it's just the chain once like you know once something happens in the town it's the same thing as a mill the mill comes in it gives jobs people right. have money the more money you make the better schools get the better schools get more people move there um right. and so it's just trying to restart a cycle and, that, and and looking across the country, it's it's great that there's something out there because there are mills and production places that are closing, and there's towns all over the country that are facing the same fight that Franklin's fighting yeah. right now. It's uh, this stuff is like uh, community development, right? Like how do you how do you how do you like restart your community? And um, for many of them, I think you know waves could be a, a really good idea it doesn't have to be it could even be like the one in germany like uh you know surfing surfing only like board surfing only right but with the number of dams dilapidated dams or mill remnants in, in communities like you got an opportunity to clean up your river and then you know put that swing set in that playground in um could be a good thing yeah i think that's those are all great points um do you have a town that you looked at like when you were like in the midst of this were you like you know this is what our town could like be in 10 years or something yeah i went to i went to reno a long time ago um 
that was kind of my first eye-opening example. Um, they, I remember before, it was either just before or just after I went, um, I saw some old pictures and after seeing it, you know, seeing where the boardwalk was, seeing where the river feature was and seeing how nice like the backs of buildings were, right? And then looking at the photos of what it used to look like, I remember being like, holy cow, like this business that just used to have a front door now has a front and a back and the back is nicer than the front and like the customers are going out and next to the whitewater park. Um, that was early on, that was like early on in my paddling uh, kind of journey. But then more recently, Salida, BV, um, I've, I've been a ton of them all over Colorado, uh, but like those three are probably the most similar because of the proximity of our downtown to our river. Like you can't pass the takeout and not go through downtown. Like there's no other, other way. The takeout's in downtown, it kind of starts it. And so seeing those, I think, gave me hope for what this, this project could mean because it's just so interconnected, right? I mean, like, it's, it's just, uh, any person who comes through downtown goes past the river. It's just, you know, how the town is situated. Um, and so looking at those other towns that really accepted kind of whitewater um, as, you know, their branding message, um, I thought that's what we could steal ultimately, right? I'm not, uh, I'm not creating anything that hasn't been done somewhere else, but I, I thought that's what could happen here. Yeah, I, I think it's a great idea. And I'm happy and excited that you joined to let me ask my questions. This is really what the podcast is about. I just want to ask River <laughs> people all my questions. That's cool. But now you know like where you need to go and where you don't need to go. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, do you, all right, now's your chance to shout out, you know, Instagram pages where people can keep updated. Um, Sure. Everything's kind of tied. Um, uh, both businesses have their own Facebook and Instagram pages. Um, you can find Outdoor New England. We always get questions what the one, because uh, we just kind of promote it as being one. It's an acronym for Outdoor New England. I, I got it. I, I love. I loved it. I, I think that's awesome. Awesome that you like were able to come up with that. I mean, I put RCO on everything, um, and it does it's not as cool as like one is just like it's actually already a word so that's i like it right and people get so confused <laughs> uh, but then the the whitewater park nonprofit is uh, mill city park uh, same thing it has its own facebook uh, and instagram pages well we reshare a lot of the similar content um we are really focused on being kind of the community's outfitter in the community's whitewater park um and really trying to promote uh, you know, a lot of people coming here, but also, uh, making people feel real good, uh, to be living here. Yeah. And you guys have a lot of boats still. So like online sales, like if anybody's looking for a boat, I look like you guys still had some left in stock, which is a dude. Uh, yeah. Uh, so now we're, we're primarily carrying uh, Jackson and, and Piranha in the shop. Now we carry, you know, stand up paddle boards and, and, um, other things too. But we made a, a smart decision uh, and unloaded with John Regan. Shout out to John Regan. Um, he, he joined us for New Year's Eve. 
Um, we unloaded 65 boats from him uh, and we got a bunch of uh, other shipments since then. So we're like churning through boats uh, and we ship. <laughs> Shameful plug. Yeah, it's, it's uh, um, everybody's looking for a boat. So that might be the most popular uh, thing on the whole, the whole podcast. <laughs> Probably. It took us the entire podcast to get to it. <laughs> so um marty i want to you know just say I, I appreciate what you're doing for your town and the whitewater community and you know taking your time out of your monday to, to come talk to us and and share your story a little bit so i appreciate that yeah thanks man thank you for reaching out this was fun yeah so uh i just want to remind everybody to uh tip your guide um that's kind of my send-off and uh i hope you all and hope to see you guys on the river